It's Friday, May 17th. This is Likefolio. I'm Andy Swan. I'm one of the founders of Likefolio. It's just me on the podcast today. Um, Landon's in Washington, D.C. doing a um, speaking event at the TD Ameritrade Market Drive Conference. If you're in that area, you should go. It's Saturday, May 18th. It's all day. TD Ameritrade Market Drive is what you want to Google. Um, but he's going to be there. It's a free event for clients of TD Ameritrade. He's going to be spreading the word about like Folio and about social data and all these uh, great things. But anyway, so it's just me today. Um, real quick review of the like Folio Sunday earnings sheet for this week. We didn't have that many picks. A lot of the um, earnings took place in weeks one through four, two through four of this quarter. But um, we did have Polo. Ralph Loren on Monday. Uh, we didn't have an official call on that, but as we talked through it with members in the Slack channel, uh, we ended up going bearish on that and it worked out nicely. Alibaba bullish worked out on Tuesday. That was the only play um, that we had on Tuesday. On Wednesday, we had two plays officially. Wix, W-I-X was bearish. That one worked out nicely. Um, Walmart WMT uh, that one we were bearish on that and it went up a couple points so not a big loss but it was a loss uh, and actually Dillard's was Thursday as well bearish and that one was incredible we got uh, 10 or 11 percent out of that one the stock dropped that company is basically in a death spiral and then this morning we had John Deere ticker symbol DE Officially bearish on the like Folio Sunday earnings sheet, but kind of the opposite of Ralph Lauren. We actually talked ourselves out of that trade in the Slack members only channel because the stock was down so much. But it turns out we would have been right. Uh, the, the sheet officially was right with the stock down considerably again today and in a big way for the week. And so, really good week. Not a whole lot of picks, but very accurate for the like Folio Sunday earnings sheet. Week six will come out on Sunday for members. Um, what I wanted to talk about today was my 10 rules of trading. Um, I've been trading and investing for about 20 years now. And more importantly, I've been working with aspiring traders and investors for almost that long. I've, des I've developed some rules that I thought um, would be a great topic for today's podcast. A lot of people don't agree with all of them, so some are a little bit you know, controversial and they're not something that you have to necessarily stick by, but I find these 10 trading rules to be very effective for myself and for a lot of people who I've helped become trader or investor that's successful. And so uh, let's get right into it, my 10 trading rules. Number one, by far the most important is that your trading style must match closely with your personality. If your system, whatever it is, doesn't match who you are internally, then really you should just stop the podcast right now. You should stop even trading because you will lose no matter what else you do. If your trading style does not match your personality, you will lose because you will break your own rules. You will screw up your system. You have to respect your own personality and your own tendencies. And so for me as a trader, 
I like to swing big in certain circumstances. I like to take risks. I like to lever up sometimes. And so I have to build that into my trading strategy. And the way that I do that a lot of times is by, you know, combining a vertical spread where I get a net credit from the trade to finance the big swing out of the money put option, for example. So I've found ways to allow myself to intelligently control the risk, even though my personality is a high risk taking personality. And so I think you just have to identify that for yourself. What am I like? What am I like when I go to Las Vegas? What am I like when I go, uh, you know, to a poker game or something like that? What am I like in my daily finances? Am I, you know, do, do I really hate to lose? so much that it drives me crazy or do I always try to win big? So figure that out for yourself and make sure that the trading strategy that you set up and that you develop over time matches up with that personality so that you can have a chance of being successful and not subverting your own system or strategy. Number two trading rule, inaction is a decision and more often than not is a really good decision. So you need to make nothing a valid choice in your framework of deciding what should I do. Every time you look at a stock, you don't have to say, I think it's going up or I think it's going down. In fact, a vast majority of the time, your answer should be nothing, that you don't know, that you have no edge, and you just move on. Number three trading rule, stay small. This is the one I see people break the most. Um, so I want to get into this just a little bit. So the key thing to understand is that even with a positive advantage, let's say you get 55% of the time you get your, your trades right, 60%, whatever it is, no matter what, you will lose eight, maybe 12 times in a row. That's just math. So. Even when you have an advantage, even the house in blackjack loses to players eight to 12 times in a row. And so you have to be able to survive that. It is an awful thing when it happens. It shouldn't happen often. But when it does happen, you can't allow it to kill you. You can't allow it to take you out of the game. Uh, I think just dealing with a lot of traders and investors that I talk to, I'm going to guess that probably 95% of individual traders are putting at least five times, if not 10 times what they should into their average trade. They are five to 10 times too levered up in terms of what they trade. And a big part of that is looking at uh, risk instead of looking at profits first. A lot of traders, especially new ones, think about the profit if they're right as their first analysis of a trade or of, of what they're trying to do instead of looking at what will happen if they lose and what will happen if they're wrong eight times in a row. And so I think if you're a good trader, you have to think about risk first. You have to assume that you'll lose first. You have to assume that you'll lose at some point many times in a row because winners are easy to take care of. Winners are very, very easy to deal with. It's the losers that will throw you off and that will make you, you know, put you on tilt and that will destroy your account if you're not careful. You can't allow that to happen. Winners take care of themselves. You don't have to worry about what happens when you win. 
you need to worry about what happens when you lose as first and foremost. And the key to that is staying small and keeping your risk defined. Corollary to that, number four, maximize your number of occurrences. So if you truly have an edge and you are more right than you are wrong, then you want to take as many shots as possible. So Landon helped come up with this concept that we call the magic coin. And you'll hear more and more about this from Mike Folio. But if you have a magical coin that lands on heads 51% of the time, then really you should spend as much money. I mean, there's no limit to how much I would pay for a magical coin that lands on heads 51% of the time because I know that with a coin that lands on heads 51% of the time, I can win coin flip bets 51% of the time. And that means that I will make money if I bet heads a million times. Statistically, it's really impossible not to make money if you bet on a 51% outcome a million times. But if you only bet one time and you bet a lot, you could easily lose. You have a 49% chance of losing. So if you think about it this way, you know, Las Vegas was kind of built on this principle. The house edge in blackjack, if the player plays perfectly and isn't counting cards, is something like 50.5%. If you own a casino, you're Steve Wynn, uh, you own a casino, and you have a 50.5% chance of winning every bet, you want, some, you want Bill Gates walking in there and betting $50 million once? Or do you want a bunch of people walking in there betting $1,000 per hand 50,000 times. Obviously, you want $1,000 a hand 50,000 times because you're almost guaranteed to make money. In fact, statistically, you pretty much are. And it's just great to be the house. And so if you can put yourself in a position to be the house and to have an edge, then what you want to do is maximize your number of occurrences. And that goes right along with controlling your risk and staying small. So small trades, <clears throat> excuse me, small trades, multiple times, over time, pay off when you have an edge. Like Folio's edge, uh, somewhere in the range of 53 to 58%, depending on the level of conviction that we have uh, on the uh, data. And so that gives us a, a truly remarkable edge. And so the thing that we are hammering home with members all the time is define your risk, stay small, be able to handle eight to 12 losses in a row and maximize your number of occurrences because the more occurrences you, that you have, the more bets that you place with, the, with a 53, 58, 60% edge, the more money you're going to make and the less likely it is that you'll lose money. And that's the key. Um, number five rule, because number three and four, honestly, we'll talk about a ton and you'll hear about this over and over again. I could do, you know, two hours on this topic easily. Uh, but moving on number five, if you're struggling, try lengthening the duration of your trades and checking quotes less, less often. Um, you know, I'm a trading junkie. I've been for 20 years, a trading junkie. And generally speaking, I, I check quotes about three times a day. 
and sometimes miss a full day. And I think a lot of traders get themselves in trouble because they watch every single tick. And when it moves, it flashes green, they feel one way. And when it flashes red, they feel the other way. And I think that can get you into a lot of trouble. It can get you into some emotional roller coasters that are unhealthy and that lead to poor decision making. And so I think, you know, if you're, if you're struggling and if you're having a hard time with your trades, and especially if you find yourself, you know, kind of getting out too early or, you know, getting out too or, or holding on too long to a loser, you get out too early on your winners, you, you hold on too long to your losers. A lot of times that's a manifestation of watching the market too closely and watching quotes too closely and monitoring your t- trades too closely. So I think, you know, think about lengthening the duration of your trades and checking quotes less often. And if you think about it, this goes right into uh, number three and four. Um, staying small is critical because if you're going to lengthen duration and maximize number of occurrences, you can't have too much in one trade. You'll run out of capital. So lengthen duration maximize number of occurrences also equals keeping each bet small. So that's good. (coughs) Excuse me. Number six, there are things that you should spend money on unique data. So like folio is a great example there. You know, if you're not a like folio member, you should be one education. There's a lot of caveats here. There's a lot of really good education for free on podcasts and YouTube, uh, that sort of stuff but there is good paid education that can be pretty in-depth and pretty intense. That's a lot of times worth paying for. Unique data is almost always worth paying for. The platform that you use, so what commissions you pay and things like that, a lot of times what you pay for, you get what you pay for. I use Thinkorswim, I pay commissions, It's a fantastic trading platform. I get better executions. I get better analysis than other platforms. So I pay for that. And the other thing is your physical environment, your computer, your desk, all those types of things that make you comfortable, that make you want to be there and trading. So those are the things I would spend money on. Here's the things that I would not spend money on. Secrets, systems, and penny stocks. If you can avoid those three things, secrets, systems, and penny stocks are almost always losers um, and almost always way too expensive, even though a lot of times they look cheap in the beginning. Number seven, lighten up, people. We got to lighten up. We got to have fun with this. I swear every trade is like life or death with some of you people. Believe me, I've been in this business for a long time. I've been on the on the brokerage side, I've been on the trader side, I've been almost all areas of this. And no one is out to get you. No one even knows your account really exists. Market makers don't care about you. The Federal Reserve doesn't care about you. Short sellers don't care about you. You got to chill out. You got to stop being paranoid. You got to stop thinking that every time something goes against you, it's because the system is set up against you. It's not. It's a marketplace. You're in there. You're fighting with everyone else. And if you're better than everyone else, you'll make money. And if you're not, you'll lose money. So you got to chill out. You got to be relaxed. You got to have confidence in your system. You got to have confidence in your edge. 
And once again, this goes back to keeping your position small because it's when you get your positions too big and you start watching the market every tick and you start getting upset because you start losing a little bit of, of percentage on the trade, but it's a lot to you because you levered up too much, then you're going to absolutely make a terrible decision. So just chill out, have some fun with this. If it isn't fun, you're not going to be good at it. If you're not enjoying it, you're not going to be good at it. And so get there mentally, get there, connect with some people, lighten up, have some fun, get on Twitter, start talking about it. Talk about your losers. Talk about you know, all these kind of things. It can be more fun than you're making it, I guarantee you. Uh, number eight, I think stop losses are for losers. This was pretty controversial, but I just really don't think that you should have to put in an order that is going to execute based on a price without you looking at what's going on in the market. So I don't like stop loss orders. I do like having a hypothesis when I go into a trade that has some rules around when that hypothesis is broken and then you should exit. But I think you have to have the discipline to be able to look at a price or, or action in the market and react to it without it having to be automatic. Uh, that, again, that one's controversial. I think some people probably stop losses are a good idea. But for those people, you know, I also think that, that learning some discipline would be a better idea. Anyway, number nine, learn option spreads. I'm not going to get into too much of what option spreads are, but you really, you have to do this one. Um, this will open up an entire world of trading possibilities to you. So right now, if you're not trading option spreads, you really only have two choices. You know, you can bet on the stock by buying it or you can short sell it and be bearish. With option spreads, you really open up just an entire whole new realm of possibilities. You can trade neutral. You can say the stock's going to stay between these two prices. You can get extremely aggressive and say, I want a 5x return if the stock moves up 5%. Otherwise, I'm going to lose. You can say, I want a 20% return if the stock doesn't move down 5%. Otherwise, but if it does, I'm going to risk more. There's so many different ways and different ratios that you can create with option spreads to help it match your personality that it's just unbelievable. And so you have to learn option spreads. That's part of what we do for in like folios. You know, we, we put out suggested, you know, not suggested, but um, example option spread trades for every alert we put out. It's what we discuss in the members Slack channel all the time because what option spreads allow you to do is it opens up all these, all these possibilities in terms of different leverage ratios and all these things. But the key is option spreads allow you to strictly define risk, which helps you keep your position small and allows you to have more opportunities to take at the market. And so I can trade, uh, for example, I, I traded, I think it was Alibaba this week. I traded Alibaba bullish. Alibaba is $175 stock. And I traded it so that if it went up 
I made $125. And if it went down, I lost $125. Literally a $125 maximum risk trade on a stock that was 170 bucks a share where I could make or lose $125 on that trade based on whether or not it went up or down. And, um, and I had a little bit of, of theta, which, uh, you know, I don't want to get confusing for, for those of you who don't know option spreads, but it, what that means is had the stock stayed exactly where it was, I would make money. So, you can position yourself with option spreads so that the stock doesn't even have to go the direction you want it to go and you still make money because there's um, a decay in the premium that's on some of the options that you've sold. I won't get into all of it, but you need to learn option spreads to get into this stuff. I, I highly recommend it no matter where you're trading. It just gives you infinite number of possibilities and helps you stick to all these rules. And number 10 extremely important, I think, you know, unless you're extremely wealthy. And that is to have an income that is not reliant on trading alone. Um, you know, even truly great traders desire to be more in their life than a winner in a zero sum game, which w trading is a zero sum game. You know, you're, you're going to win, you're going to lose. There's someone else on the other side of every trade. Um, it's not necessarily true of investing, but trading is pretty much a zero-sum game. It's like being at a poker table. I think it's important for people to create wealth. And that means going out and creating something, creating value every day. I think that you know, being a, a full-time professional trader is great aspirationally because it makes you want to be really, really, really good at something. I just also think that there are additional ways to make money that don't interfere with trading that you can do as well. And so I, I recommend highly that people have uh, another source of income where they're creating wealth and that trading be something that you do for fun, for growth, for education, and for extra money. You know, there's, there's nothing like predicting what happens next and getting paid for it, except for probably creating something new for yourself and others. And so I highly encourage, I love trading. I love making money on trading. It's one of my favorite things in the whole world to do. But I couldn't do just that for my money. And maybe you could, but for me, I think it's an important point. It also, also when you have an income that's not reliant on trading, you tend to have a lot more psychological uh, fortitude when it comes to your trading. You know, you're, you're not, you're not looking at negative income days like you, like a professional trader does. And so I think that can be very helpful. So to recap, here's my 10 trading rules. Number one, the most important, your trading style must match closely with your personality. Number two, inaction is a very valid decision and probably one that you should be taking most of the time. Number three, stay small define the risk of the trade, make it small, understand that you're going to lose, think losses first, and think about what happens if I lose eight of these in a row, and then think about the position size. Number four, maximize your number of occurrences. If you truly have an edge, you want as many shots as possible. Number five, 
Try lengthening the duration of your trades and checking your quotes less often. Number six, do spend money on unique data, your platform, your environment. Don't spend money on secret systems and penny stocks. Number seven, lighten up and have some fun. Enjoy it. Number eight, stop losses are decent. Discipline is better. Number nine, learn option spreads. You have to do this if you want to be, I think you have to do it if you want to be a good trader. You got to have all those opportunities. Number 10, have an income that's not reliant on trading. So that's it. I hope that I hope these help you. Um, Sunday, we'll put out the Likefolio earnings sheet again. If you're not a member, check us out, likefolio.com. There's a demo there. It gives a great discount right now. I think the discount's still alive. Um, but anyway, we really like uh, working with all our members and really appreciate you listening to this podcast. If you like it, tweet about it. Tweet, tweet about it. Tell people about the Likefolio podcast. If you don't like it or if you have ideas for improvement, email me, andy at likefolio.com. Appreciate all of you listening. Have a great weekend. We'll, we'll catch up with you next week. Thanks.